Okay, so we're going to continue in our exploration of the Mida of Ava, of love. And we're going to finish learning this piece from Rav Kook. I'm going to read it again just to, um, as a continuation, really as a continuation from the discussion we had after the share last week just to bring up a point that I think is, is important, is relevant, is an attitude, perhaps even a readjustment of the way that we understand and look at the world today. So if Cook says, Avas kol kulam, he demis After a person recognizes that love is something that has to fill our hearts, we have to be filled with love, and our love has to be for everything, that's the objective of the Midah of love. If you want to know how to interact with the Midah of love, that's the way you have to do it. So if Cook continues and he says, Love for all of creation precedes everything. To be in love with everything that's created because it's been created. We believe that nothing happened by chance, that... <clears throat> There's no randomness in the world. Everything is meaningful because it was created by the Creator. Our love for all of creation precedes everything. After that, we move into a love for all of humanity, which is a greater love. And after that, that transforms into it's meant to transform, that love is meant to transform into our love for Klal Yisrael. Why? Sort of Cook explains, because our love for Klal Yisrael encompasses everything. Because Klal Yisrael will eventually rectify, which means to cause, to manifest, to cause, to actualize. Claudius Yisrael is the catalyst for all of reality to actualize into itself. Now, all of these loves that we just said, the love for all of humanity, the love for, the love for all of creation, the love for all of humanity, and the love for all of Claudius Yisrael, because Claudius Yisrael is the activator of all of creation, the activation for all of creation, all of these kinds of love, heim avas maisias, or Cook says, they are a love that requires action. They are practical. We have to love them in a very practical way. We have to love reality in a practical way. We have to love people, humanity in a practical way. We have to love Klayasol in, in, a, in, a, in a practical way, which means, Rav Cook says, lehov osam, to love them, lasis lahem toiva, beligran lahem iloi to do good things for, for the world, to do good things for humanity, to do good things for other Jews. It's not enough to just feel something within me. That love has to move me to enact and engage the world with love, with good things, and to cause the world to raise up, to transcend. Now Rav Kuk goes on. Benala al-Kulan what is a love that surpasses the love for creation, humanity, and Klai Yisrael, v'nalal kulan avas Hashem, is loving Hashem. Shehi ava shivapoyal. 
because this this love is a different kind of love. This love is love for the sake of love. The love of Hashem surpasses the love of all practical things, and it is a kind of love, it's, it's a way of experiencing love that exists in the essence, in the essence of who I am and in the essence of what love is, because we know we don't do anything for Hashem. We can't cause change in Hashem. Hashem is beyond anything that's possible. Hashem doesn't need anything from us, and Hashem is not changed by anything from us. So the love that we have for Hashem is an Ahav It's a love that exists not in potential for the sake of kinetic or potential for the sake of actualization. It's a love that we have that's in, in, in essence. It doesn't cause anything to happen. Just the experience within myself of loving my creator, of loving Hashem, the creator of all of this world and all of humanity and all of Klai Yisrael and everything that exists, that love is meant for me to simply be filled with. I am meant, my heart is meant to be filled with love for Hashem. As we'll see, he'll talk about what, what we do with that love, but the distinction, the first distinction of Cook is making is, is that love for all of creation, for humanity, for Klai Yisrael, is a love, the feelings of love, the emotions of love are simply a means to an end. The means to an end. The end is to do something Lamaisa. The love I feel for humanity is meant to move me so that I can do something for humanity. The expression of that love is the, the purpose of that love. If I do something good for you, I have expressed that love and now I have been mekayim. I have actualized this love. But the love for, for Hashem surpasses that. The love for Hashem is meant for me to feel. It's, it's an internal experience. It's much, much more of an internal, internal experience. Certainly it's much more meaningful Rav Cook is saying, to love Hashem inside myself and not necessarily do something with it, than it is for me to love another person or, or any other that's outside of me, where that love, the feeling of that love, is not as meaningful as if I do something with it. So let's go back for a moment, because this is really the discussion we were having last time. But I, th I thought it's important to incorporate it into, into the actual shear. First of all, why is it important? What does it mean to love creation? So first and foremost, this is what, what everything we talk about is, the distinction between the world being here by happenstance versus the world being created by a God that's above and beyond infinity, is that if Hashem created something, then that means that matter matters. Why is it important for me to love an ant, a bug, a tree, a flower, the atmosphere? Why is global warming important, whether you believe the, whatever's po political or scientific about it? Why is it important to take care of the planet? It's important to take care of the planet because God created the planet. And because God created the planet, it infuses the planet with meaning. 
everything that's created matters. And so if I can feel within myself that I matter because Hashem created me, then I can feel for all of creation and all of humanity, regardless of race, creed, color, etc. My capacity to love is my capacity to appreciate that things matter because Hashem created them. What I do with that, of course, is what Rav Kook is talking about. That needs to move me towards action, towards seeking things to grow, towards praying for humanity to have good things, praying for the world to have good things, to act on and to be a catalyst for things to grow. And this is what really what Rav Kook is saying. That's the job of Kaleisrael. The job of Kaleisrael is, because our job is to activate all of this world, Yisrael's job is eventually to bring about a tikkun to all of the world. It doesn't just mean that one day that will happen. It means, or what Cook is saying is, our job is to love them, to do good things for, for creation, humanity, for Yisrael, and to cause them to transcend, to grow. So, All of that is a function of appreciating that reality was created by Hashem, and therefore my loving of reality is an expression of my valuing reality. It's my expression that I, too, agree that reality matters, and so I'm engaging with reality in a way that causes reality to elevate, to transcend. The conversation we had last week, the point, the, the point that, that, was, that was made in our conversation that I feel is important to just really spend time with tonight, is to simply ask the question, is the world really a terrible place? Is the world going through such insanity? Are we witnessing such insanity in the world that we have to be nervous about the craziness the craziness, not just of what Hashem seems to be doing in this world with Corona and, and all different kinds of tragedies, but also the way people are, are reacting. Do we, need to, do we need to feel like uh, the world is a terrible place to live in, to raise children in, and that the world is headed to, excuse my French, but the world is headed to hell on a silver platter. Do we need to, do we need to, is that, is that the proper way for us to look at the world? And of course, it's not to say that we don't feel those things. Of course, we feel those things. The, the question is, what does it mean to love the world? Certainly, we experience a tremendous amount of stimulation. Negativity is very stimulating. Negativity is very exciting. We've talked about this, the negativity bias. So it's a physiological concept that the brain encodes negative information five times, at least five times more than the brain encodes positive information, which means that negative things are going to stimulate us and bring us a lot more excitement. And we're going to seek out negative stories a lot more than we seek out positive ones. Bad news sells. So listen to the words of the Piyasatsna. 
in 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 the in the safer entitled Tzav Nizaris, which is really a very very beautiful uh, diary of of a person who was a remarkable tzaddik. So in the Tzav Nizaris, the Piyasetsa writes as follows: it's, This is Ois Tess in Tzav Nizaris, and just bear with me for for a few minutes. I want to read this. Nefesh ha'adam ohavas lisragesh. Humanity, people, our personalities, our souls, love to feel. We love to be simulated. We love feelings. Lo ala simcha levada, not just on joyous things. Ragam stam lisragesh ohevasi. No, human beings love to feel. It's not just that we love happy feelings, we love to feel. Human beings are fueled by emotions. Try explaining that to someone who would like to call themselves a real intellect. <clears throat> There's an emotional reason why people love intellectualism, right? Human beings also have a natural drawn, we're naturally drawn to, we have a natural desire and interest in feeling sadness, and crying tears. We want that. People love to see fascinating things. And to hear powerfully moving stories. Even if it brings us to cry tears, we're fascinated by hearing terrible tragedies. Because we want to feel. We like to feel. We will look at WhatsApp videos of the security cameras at Mayron to watch people die. We would be interested in seeing people failing and dying inside on YouTube videos. We're interested in seeing people get shot. We're interested in hearing stories about men becoming women and men wanting to marry each other. We're interested in hearing things that are confusing, challenging, that make us scratch our head and think. I'm not putting, forgive me for a moment, I'm not putting uh, the plight of, of transgenderism and homosexuality together with tragedy. I'm not putting that together. I'm simply saying people like to be stimulated. Good things are not so stimulating. Bad things are stimulating. It is the natural inclination and the need for us to experience emotions, to be stimulated. Just like every other thing that we need, we need to eat, we need shelter, we need Comfort, we need care. We also need to be emotionally stimulated. That's what the PSS is writing. L'chein, rak ha'ish ha'mashlem chukazais ba'avoida u'vesragshus ha'ter v'hatfila shaymer nafshay. It is only a person that is mashlem this chayk, that means it's only a person that perfects and works on this natural tendency to need stimulation it's only a person that does that 
with his Avedis Hashem, with meaningful things, with things that bring about productivity and creativity. It's only a person that spends their time getting emotionally stimulated with Torah and Tefillah, the Piyasats are saying, that's called the Shimer Nafshay. Only a person that finds stimulation in beautiful things, in good things, in Torah and Mitzvahs, in, in things that matter, it's only those people that are being mashlim that need. In other words, you have a hunger, you want to know how to quench your, your hunger, you quench your hunger with healthy food. This desire for us to feel, this desire for us to be stimulated, this need that every one of us has to, to have feelings, only a person that takes care of the need for stimulation by stimulating oneself with good things, only that person is called the Shimer Nafshe, someone that watches over themselves. The rest of us that spend our time getting stimulated by anything and everything that, 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 that flashes at us or that we see or that is sent to us on WhatsApp or that we find anywhere on the internet, the rest of us are doing a disservice to this need for stimulation. Masha Enkain, the Piyasatsa says, Misha he, a person that serves Hashem and gets involved in doing holy things, but without feelings, he's not able or she's not able to connect their feelings to their Avaidas Hashem, to their holy things. Uz, he says, then a person who does not find a way to be stimulated by Avedis HaKadosh, that means a person that's not emotionally invested, but also emotionally stimulated by Torah and Tefillah, such a person is going to need to find stimulation elsewhere. So then the Nefesh the soul is going to is going to request of me to search stimulation elsewhere so i can spend all my time doing over this akhaydash but if i'm not able to be stimulated then i'm not fulfilled and if i'm not fulfilled i'm going to need to go elsewhere even to an avera to be mashlim that need for stimulation that is the beginning of what he calls the machlas hanefesh, the soul being stunted, developmentally disabled, the machlas hanefesh, all of the illnesses of the soul, all the psychological illnesses begin when a person is not getting the right kind of stimulation that we need. I'm quoting that specifically from a sefer to just recognize our own stimulation, our own need for stimulation, and to ask ourselves where we get our, where we get stimulated. There's no doubt that negativity stimulates a lot more. I could say as a therapist in the last year and a half, the amount of questions that people, random people call and ask about needing a therapist to deal with this issue or that issue, it is certainly plausible to turn around and to say that the world is the world is getting crazier and crazier and crazier. 
if I am simulated by negativity, if my perspective is that the world is crazy, then I'm saying Lashon Hara on the world. Rav Kook here is asking us, he's begging of us, he's inviting us, he's seducing us, he's challenging us, he's crying out to us. Be in love with the world. Fall in love with the world again. The world is so much more beautiful than what any news report says, than what any tragedy can bring. People are so much more humble than whatever they post in social media. People care so deeply about things, so much more than whatever the politicians fight about. The conservative right would say that we care so much about giving people an opportunity to, to get to success, as if to say that the progressive left doesn't care about that. And the progressive left would say that we have to help the underdog. We got to give all those people that are in need. We're the wealthiest country in the world. We need to give and give and give. As if to say that the conservative right doesn't care about that. People care deeply. We care deeply about each other. Rav Cook is asking us to love the world. Can I love the world again? Can I look at all of the things that, have, that are changing so rapidly can I look at all of that and recognize there's, there's Mashiach energy that is so permeating the air. You think it's confusing that a man wants to become a woman and a woman become, wants to become a man? Do we have any idea what the Kayach of femininity is, what the Kayach of masculinity is? Yes, it's true. Maybe the world is getting confused as to what shifts are happening gender-wise in the world. But all, as far as I know, the Zaire explains that when Mashiach comes, there will be a, a recalibration in the relationship between masculinity and femininity. It's not about men and women. It's about the softer, more gentler, more nuanced, deep, beautiful things of femininity that have for so long in history been knocked down in the service of the strength, the capacity, the need, the drive for productivity, the need to survive. I had a conversation the other day with my father. He asked me what, whether or not I think I would come through the Holocaust. If if Shalom, I had to go through the Holocaust, would 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 we come out from? My father said he doubts whether or not he would he would be able to hold on to his from kite after the Holocaust. And I said to him, Well, that's you know, that's that's you, but for me. I don't know anyone in my generation that could be put into a concentration camp and not have a psychotic break. Could you imagine being forced to eat, eat glops of soup once a day and to be reduced down? Not, not, not just, it's not just physically, the psychological degradation of what happened less than 80 years ago to our, our ancestors. Could any of us withstand that? Anyone in my generation, 45 and younger, could we fathom what that means? Adraba, history has never ever dealt with the obesity crisis that we have today. <clears throat> the world is so much more beautiful, though. We have to be able to look at it, not from a victim's perspective, but from an idealistic perspective.
To fall in love with the world again means to be able to see that the massive epic shifts that are going on in the world are opening up energies that have never been opened in the world before. Technological advances are not simply great human ingenuity. You know, the, the, the Chazal teach us that when, when Adam Rishon was, was, before he got kicked out of Gan Eden, he could see the Saifa Ilavat Saifa from one end of the world to the other end of the world. I had a WhatsApp call the other day with, with a person from, from Russia. I've spoken on Zoom to people from Australia. How's that for instantaneous being able to see from one end of the world to the other end of the world? That's miraculous. We live in absolutely miraculous times. The shifts in identity, in gender, these kinds of shifts that many of us are terrified of, we don't know, we don't know what to do with. These are epic, epic Mashiach in Yanim where the world is shifting in such exciting and revolutionary and evolutionary ways. I often wonder, as a therapist, the distinction between a therapist and a Rav. Rabbanim, for all of history, counseling was always considered a, a pastoral thing. A rabbi did it, a priest did it. It was always considered uh, a pastoral counselor until we somehow converged and recognized that many of the um, physical complications that people were having were actually psychological and the field of psychology was born. Now thinking about the amount of money I charge, I do long-term psychotherapy. I think about uh, Rabbanim who have said to me, yeah, we don't have the time, the time to do this kind of work, or we don't have the skill to do this kind of work. And I'm trying to wrap my head around, you know, what is the difference between a, a Rav, who was the Rav of a town, who dealt with someone who might have been a little bit depressed during their, during their, you know, their childhood, who met with them a few times and was mechazic them and they moved on. They never had psychotherapy. Nobody ever saw the inside of, you know, depression anxiety, and then the things that are terrible in the world, like struggling with addiction and domestic violence and anorexia and infertility and all of all of the things that, that people struggle with in the world. And the only thing I can think of is, is that, you know, I sit with people day in, day out. We learn about the tiny littlest nuances of, the, of their personalities. And suddenly people are opened up to find things about themselves possibilities and opportunities that they never ever dreamed of before. We talk so much about Yerida Sadaris, but we never stop to think. Do you know how much opportunity there is in the world today? Do you know what it means to learn about yourself, the little things that make you tick? Counseling never really spent time taking apart what it means to be a human being. Do you know how much more we can appreciate human life than ever before. It's fascinating. It's exciting. It's beautiful. Rav Cook is asking us to fall in love with the world again. And the question is, can we see through all of the negative distractions? Can we see through all the negativity and all the challenge and find all the opportunity? See how much of the energy of Mashiach has 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 descended into our world and has transcended us up. The possibilities of where 
human ingenuity is taking us is so beyond. It's so beyond grand. It's exciting. It's important for us to stop saying Lashon Hara about the world. It's important for us to fall in love with the world again. To be able to see the magnificence of what it means to live. We live in truly, truly magnificent times. Hashem should give all of us the capacity to feel radical amazement in the words, in the words of Heschel. To feel such a sense of awe and to experience within ourselves an awe for who we are, for what we are, both individually and collectively as a community, and beyond that, the, the absolute grandiosity of what it means to be a human being, to have been created by Hashem, to live in this particular world at this particular time. And we should be zoichen not just to taste the energy of Mashiach, but to experience Mashiach coming, Amen.